Hello, welcome to the Dentist Profit Playbook podcast. My name is Dr. Harry Singh. I'm helping you grow your facial aesthetics business. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the messaging component, how you communicate what you do to the general public. And I'm going to particularly look at something called the elevator speech or also known as the elevator pitch. So what this basically describes is how to effectively market your services in 30 seconds to persuade potential patients to book a consultation. So that's why it's called an elevator pitch, elevator speech. So it imagines that you're stuck in an elevator and you've only got 30 seconds. So let's imagine that scene. You're about to enter a lift on the ground floor. Another person joins you, so then now there's two of you in the lift and you're going to floor number 13. Another person is going to floor number 16 and it will take you roughly 30 seconds to reach your floor. The other person turns to you and asks, what do you do? What would your answer be? If you're based in England, you probably wouldn't have no eye contact, your head down and don't want to talk to anyone. But let's imagine you're not in England um, and this is a potential customer, patient and first impressions count. So according to an article published by Psychological Science, citing five experiments by the authors, it takes a tenth of a second to form an impression of a stranger from their face and longer exposure that will be significantly alter those impressions. So I play at this elevator or lift scenario on a regular basis during my lectures and more than 90% of the audience will, play, will reply with something along the lines of, I'm a dentist, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I do Botox. The problem with these answers is that you're stating that you're, you are the profession you belong to or you are the product that you offer. As soon as you say you are the, your product or your profession, profession, the person will have preconceived ideas of these and you've commoditized your service, your value. So the patient's gonna have preconceived ideas what Botox is, what a dentist is, what a doctor is. In many cases, it can be positive, but also they can be negative considering the bad press about certain facial setting procedures, um, people's um, perceptions of what dentists and doctors are. They may think of dentists as scary and expensive. They may have thoughts that Botox is painful and you're gonna get an unnatural result. So there's a better way instead of saying, I do Botox injection, I'm a dentist. When replying to the original question of what you do from your elevator guess, instead of answering it with your profession or your products, you talk about the value that you offer. So forget the P, it's all about the V, the value. It is this that would engage and ultimately encourage your patients to buy from you. So let's have a look at how we're going to convey this value in 30 seconds or less, hence the phrase elevator pitch. This can be used in many situations, obviously not always stuck in an elevator, to promote your services. And this elevator pitch is made up of five parts. The first part is what is the problem? So number one, what is the problem? Generally speaking, we only seek a solution or buy something if we have a problem that needs solving. If you look at any purchasing buying decision you've made, you will find that you bought a particular item because you want it to solve a problem you had. For example, if you join a gym, it's normally solving a, your goal to get fitter or lose weight. If you order a takeaway, it's solving a problem of hunger and convenience. If you buy some shoes, it's to solve a problem that you've got a function to go to. 
Therefore, with our elevator pitch, the first thing we should say should relate to the problem that the potential patient may be facing or thinking about. Obviously, we don't want to embarrass that potential patient by suggesting that, for example, they don't look good or may need some Botox. Instead, we should make our first statement very generic and not directly personal to them. So my opening line will be something along the lines of, you know how some people are concerned about fine lines and wrinkles. So I'll say that again. You know how some people are concerned about fine lines and wrinkles. Note that I've used how some people, so not necessarily directing a statement to them. It broads the appeal of my offering because now they start thinking about their friends and family, but also themselves as well. So that, that's stage one, what is the problem? Part two is why the problem's a problem. We often find that many people seem to need a lot of motivation before they take action. Generally speaking, we either fall into pleasure seekers or pain avoiders. This means that we'll either take action to gain something enjoyable, or we will take action to avoid or get away from something that may be uncomfortable or painful. We will have one dominant over the other, and most of us will be a mix of both. But in general terms, pain is always a stronger motivator for action. We will take more action to get away from pain than to seek pleasure. For example, in my personal life, I take a luxury approach to my weights, my weight and fitness. Some days I'm good, some days I'm bad. I know how fit I would like to be, but find it hard to motivate myself on the continual process. If I, my wife tells me if I don't get fit, she will leave me, do you think I'll be much more motivated to take action? I see the pain as the catalyst of action and the pleasure as a continuation of action. Therefore, we want the person in the elevator to consider the consequences of taking no action. So my statement would continue to say, for example, the first line was, you know how some people are concerned about fine lines and wrinkles? And the second line would be, which means that they appear older than they really are. Because people don't necessarily want to look younger, rather they just want to look good for their age. So this statement should resonate with that person I'm talking to. So number one and number two, you can see is dealing with the pain, the problem. Then number three and four, we're going to look at the pleasure bit, the solution. So line number three is your unique solution. Now we address what the problem is and the consequence of taking no action, we should consider the solution. The biggest mistake I see people making is selling too early and giving people too much information. The confused mind takes no action. What we want, the action for this potential person, patient to do, is to call us for the fee consultation. We are not selling the whole treatment plan on the first visit. Build trust first, solve a minor problem concern for them before jumping into a full face treatment plan. So therefore, we want to make our solution very generic to overcome anticipated objections because while you're talking, the mind wants to protect them and we think about all the objections, why they shouldn't go ahead. But if we can overcome these objections before the person starts thinking about them, there is likely to be much higher conversion rate. So what objections could come up concerning, for example, Botox treatments? It could be the fact that it's a toxin which may raise concerns with safety, seeing unnatural or frozen results. So as such, 
we should address all these concerns in our next statement. And I would normally say, my third line, I offer gentle, natural, and safe results. You can see this statement is very non-specific because as stated above, we are not selling the details, but the opportunity for them to come and see us for a consultation. So that's number three, your unique solution. Number four is why choose you? So next we want to look at what makes you stand out from all the competition. This could be your profession, experience, location, specific qualifications, any specific equipment you may have. I normally say I've been doing this since 2002. You could also say I'm medically qualified or you're open on weekends, you've got free parking. What is your USP, unique selling proposition? Number five, the last one, which most people miss out, but it's actually the most important aspect, the call to action. We want the person to know what the next step is. So I would say, if you know anyone interested, here is my card. So we're selling to them, but also selling to the people they may know. So now you can see this elevator speech or pitch. Shouldn't take no longer than 30 seconds. And it's much better than saying, I do Botox, I'm a dentist. So best timing. You know how some people are concerned about fine lines and wrinkles, which means that they appear older than they really are. Well, I offer gentle, natural and safe results. I've been doing this since 2002. If you know anyone that may be interested, here is my card. You can see how it flows. We talk about the pain and the problem part first, then the pleasure, unique solution of why should they choose us, and then the call to action. Because if you look at any buying process or buying decision, it always starts off as what is the problem I've got to solve? If I don't do anything, what's going to happen? Now I know I need to do something. What is my um, solution? Now I know my solution. Why should I go and see that particular person? I want to go and see that particular person. How do I contact them? What's my call to action? So hopefully you found that useful. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast, Dentist Profit Playbook, Grow Your Facial Aesthetic Business. I look forward to speaking to you at the next episode.